Make sure you can hear me in the comments. But well, 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 well. How the turntables. Who got that reference? How the turntables. Volkswagen Group CEO Herbert Diess is stepping down. Porsche's bloom to take over. Pretty big news just dropped about a couple hours ago. We were in an awesome discussion with our friend Chuck Cook, friend of the channel, who had an amazing discussion about full self-driving. But because this was a, a pretty, I think this has a, a, a ton of implications when it comes to um, Volkswagen's long-term sort of things that I think we need to sit down and really discuss this in detail. So uh, do make sure you can hear me in the comments, post uh, in the comments for me, make sure that you can hear me okay. But I'll go ahead and uh, read some of the things uh, about from this article after I move this over. And after, one second, I'm having some technical difficulties. One second, y'all. Of course, no stream would be uh, a stream without me having uh, difficulties, obviously. Here we go. Okay. Uh, and again, uh, do make sure that you can hear me okay. Okay, I just got a, a flood of, uh, of uh, uh, things in the comments. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Uh, surprising news has emerged. A Volkswagen Group chairman, oh, uh, shout out to Electric. Thank you, Electric. Uh, chairman CEO Herbert Diess has announced he is stepping down from his position at the company and will be replaced by Porsche's AG uh, CEO, Oliver Bloom. So interesting there. Okay. A uh, statement from Herbert Diess uh, on his, uh, with a letter that he, uh, um, he sent, I believe, to Volkswagen uh, employees. So here we go. After a really stressful first half 22, many of us are looking forward to a well-deserved summer break. The first six months were even more demanding than the already difficult 21. In addition to COVID, which struck our Chinese colleagues extremely hard, we had a we have a war in Europe. Production was still held back by semiconductors, so on and so forth. There are also many positives. We had some tailwinds. Electrification is really a working worldwide. High demand in China, Europe, and even the US in the first half. Many of our CEV products like the ID3 and ID4, Q4, e-tron, and Porsche Taycan are sold out of our uh, out for many months in production, which insinuates that they have a lot of demand for EVs. Great. We have highly desirable products. Our teams in purchasing and manufacturing are producing every possible car, still in task forced modus. So thank you for all your efforts and congratulations to the incredible achievements in most of our business areas. I'm very satisfied with our performance. Strategically, we also made big moves in the first half. I would also like to congratulate our new colleagues. So thank you all colleagues at the thousands of Volkswagen and other brands locations everywhere in the world. Well done. Enjoy the break. We're in good shape for the second half. Okay. And then he will take over uh, or he will leave the company effective uh, September 1st. And uh, as I said before, the company will be taken over, uh, will be led by Bloom, who is Porsche's leader, which is, and so if you're not familiar with Volkswagen, Volkswagen has many brands, Porsche being one of them, and Porsche is being led by uh, Oliver Bloom. So very interesting, very, very interesting development here. And so what I would love to do is to share a few thoughts and then uh, we'll do our usual format here where we'll have people come on if you'd like. I'll share a link to the channel so you can come on and share your thoughts and we can have a discussion uh, together. So you'll come on, uh, maybe ask a question about what's going on, but you know, share the thought and we'll have a nice discussion about it. So here's why I think this is pretty, uh, has a lot of implications. Okay. Number one is Herbert Diess, in, in my opinion, was one of the very few legacy auto leaders out there that was not just saying the right things as far as electrification goes, but doing the right things, especially from a legacy automaker perspective. He was one of the ones from the legacy auto perspective that was very clear in verbiage in saying that Volkswagen has to move to electrification to survive. They released uh Pretty affordable, you know, talk, I should say, use the word affordable. Uh, they created cars where more people than usual will be able to access to buy an EV and say the ID3 and ID4. You can make an argument that they weren't nearly as, as good value for money than a Tesla, not near the amount of technology, but it was still an honest effort. 
And uh, Volkswagen, you could see, was making a lot of investments towards that. Now, did a lot of that stem from the fact that they had Dieselgate and they were kind of forced <laughs> into that situation? Maybe, maybe a little bit. But they were still doing the right things in order to get themselves in a position where they can sell as many EVs as humanly possible. Third, uh, there was some clear partnerships or some uh, clear relation, positive relationships between, <clears throat> excuse me, Volkswagen and D specifically, and the current leader of EVs in the world, uh, which will probably be the, the leader for a while, in Tesla and Elon Musk. Uh, if you're not familiar, Dees invited Elon Musk over to one of the leadership meetings that Volkswagen was having a few months ago, a number of months ago. But essentially, uh, he invited Elon over to their management, uh, their company-wide management meeting, and they Dees gave Elon a platform for him to, for Elon to help the leadership group understand what sort of things they have to think about when looking to get to a mass scalability uh, point of EVs from their perspective. That's a very unique relationship there where you're asking the leader of your competition, quote unquote competition in this case, but let's say a partner in industry to come to your um, leadership group and essentially tell them what they need to be worried about when scaling EVs. So the implication there says that EV has recognized that there is, at uh, least specifically has recognized that there's a company and leader out there that can do the thing they're trying to do better. And they're asking and they're giving an open door invitation to that person to come in and allow that person to pass on their knowledge to that team so that they can get to that company's level. So that is a ego-less move and something that speaks, I think, very highly of the type of leader that this is, in my opinion, okay? Now, with him leaving, with him, with Dees leaving Volkswagen, there's a lot of questions that arise from that. So the first question is, why? <laughs> why did he leave? Did he leave or was he asked to leave? Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, the corporate world, a lot of times what happens is when, when a leader or when an executive uh, leaves a company, uh, sometimes they don't leave because they want to leave. Sometimes uh, the, let's say the group around them or the people that are in charge of uh, uh, judging the performance of said person, in this case, it would be the board of Volkswagen uh, plus the unions. They may have went to Herbert and said, Herbert, I think you should leave because you're not doing the thing we're looking for you to do. And you know we're not gonna fire you, but we're just gonna let you know that I th we really think you should leave because we're clearly not seeing eye to eye. And so that's you know a way to kind of save face from a leader's perspective because you know there's a sort of thing in corporate culture that says, well, if you fire somebody, you're kind of ruining their prospects down the road. And so we're going to do you the nice thing. We're going to give you the nice you know act of allowing you to leave on your own terms. But in reality, you're just it's, they're saying, okay, leave. So did that happen, or did Herbert actually say, you know what? Ugh. I'm just sick and tired of dealing with Volkswagen. I'm out. You know, I, I want I want something else. I want I want to search for something else. Or, or he was lured away by somebody else, right? Or there may have been something where uh, another company, Tesla, potentially, and I would love to hear your thoughts about this. Uh, and maybe that's why Elon was shirtless partying in Greece because you know maybe he found his 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 operational person that he can finally step step down as quote unquote CEO and actually focus on the things he wants to focus on in Tesla without having to deal with all the other stuff that he's very openly said he hates to deal with. Maybe Herbert's that person. Maybe Elon, they work something out and Elon's like, I'm gonna go party in Greece now, bro. I'm gonna go get a tan and <laughs> have my picture everywhere. <laughs> all right. And so I think there is a real possibility. I don't know if it's a 10% chance or a 50% chance or 80% chance. And this is where I think getting everyone's feedback and thoughts on this is going to be super fascinating. Is, is Herbert going to Tesla a realistic thing? And if that's the case, is that a good thing for Tesla or not? In my opinion, in my opinion, there is an opportunity for Tesla to be better off by bringing somebody like Herbert on because it's going to allow... And let me just lay out why I think that's a good idea. I think uh, Dees has shown in the past, sort of what I described before, uh, a 
good leadership qualities, uh, good actions, actions that reflected that he's not very ego driven, that he is truly trying to move the company towards a certain direction. And I think he understands the problem. He understands the problem of needing to go electric. And if you're somebody like him and you come to Tesla and now all these potential limiting factors and barriers that you had at a little legacy company that prevented you potentially from getting to those points, to those things of, hey, we need to move towards electrif electrification super fast. If those barriers are removed, then I think Herbert finds himself in a perfect situation to really go after what he's passionate about, which what it seems like, you know, he is from the old world corporate, you know, the old cor corporate world. So maybe we give him a benefit of the doubt here a little bit, but you would have essentially all those barriers removed and you just focus on scale, 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 scale. There's one thing Volkswagen knows how to do by being in business for a while is they know how to ship 10 million cars a year. Tesla could benefit from having somebody who knows how to ship 10 million cars a year, right? And I think more importantly, it frees up Elon from having to worry about the things that clearly drain him from a work perspective. So, I don't know, doing emails, dealing with legal, uh, putting out fires that are not related to technology, dealing with HR, who knows? Just there's a bunch of different things that... Um, Elon probably does on the daily basis of Tesla that he hates doing. Maybe Deese is comfortable or enjoys doing that part of the job as a CEO or leader or whatever you want to call that title. Bring him in, remove the work that makes Elon sort of kind of hate to get up in the morning and hate dealing with. And now you've potentially opened up, I don't know, 50% of Elon's bandwidth, which for anyone else would be what, 500% <laughs> of their bandwidth? And then you're like, Elon, go crazy. Do what you think is necessary for advancing the company forward. And of course, Elon being the single largest shareholder of the company, he still has the say of, of what to do here. He's still, you know, head honcho. But the things that he doesn't want to worry about or the things that he hates worrying about is now handled by somebody at that level who he trusts. Because I think what's important there is that I think there is a sense of trust between those two people that perhaps uh, is not... We don't know about, but there could be. It could be there. It, it could be something that is uh, truly there. These trusted Elon enough to bring him to his company as a competitor and t basically tell them what to do. So I think that opens the door to a, a, tr a relationship of trust between those two people. But anyway, what do you think about that? I'm going to share the link so y'all can come in and uh, have this uh, discussion with me. 500 people in the in the uh, almost 500 people. Thank you so much for coming on. What a day. That's some big news, eh? Hold on, let me write this down. If you want to come on and share your thoughts or ask a question, click this link. Boom. All right, here we go. Pin message. But do let me know what you think. Do let me know what you think. And please, 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 please feel very comfortable sharing your thoughts. If, if y'all think I'm an idiot, Maybe don't call me an idiot, but just tell me <laughs> why I'm wrong. Or call me an idiot. I don't give a, I don't care. Just let's just have kindness in our hearts, okay? Uh, but do let me know. I, I would love to hear everyone's live uh, live opinion on this. And uh, I I did see Mike uh, asking for a poll, so let's do that as well. Yeah. So let's ask a poll of: Do you think Herbert Dees is will work at Tesla. Ask. And let me know what y'all think. Look at how interactive we are today. Oh my goodness. Wow. Timing might be good for these to join as a ramp up for factories and his expert experience in Europe, Germany. That's an interesting take. I do think the fact that Tesla was able to ramp Berlin so quickly, um, he already kind of has, like, Tesla already has sort of an edge to be very successful in Europe, but it would never help to, it would never hurt to have somebody of Deese's caliber to continue growing those relationships in that region. Right. The valid creation of freeing up Elon's time by hiring Deese would be crazy for Tesla. This is, uh, thank you for sharing that comment, because 
I, I really do think that is the the best case scenario of this actually happening. Because you really do need someone, from what I've learned in my in my career, especially working with people very close. Uh, so for those that don't know, before Tesla, I was a director at a uh, at a distribution company. It was a, a little over a billion dollars uh, in revenue. And I reported to the CEO for multiple years. I, I reported to the CFO. I reported to the COO, which is the operating officer. I reported to the CIO, which is the information owner. So I, I was just super lucky to have access to these uh, folks that were making all the large decisions for the company. So I'm super thankful for that. And I'm very lucky to be in, the, in that situation. But the one thing that I learned is that well-run companies have executives that trust each other. And, and they have to be able to trust each other in a way so that there is no contempt or there is no like, oh, I, 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 don't, I don't really want you to work on this. I think I should be doing that. Oh, I don't really trust you here. I think I should be doing that. And in this, in this case, the only way a Musk relationship works is if Dees comes in and Elon's like, I trust you to do the things that we both agree you should do. And Dees trusts Elon in, in the way that says, I trust that you're not going to come in and overrun me like a train and you're going to allow me to do my job. And if that trust exists, then that's when Musk is able to free up his bandwidth and then go after the things that he wants. If it gets to a point where Musk has to sort of be like, oh, I'm not really sure if you're doing this correctly or if you're heading down this path correctly or you're working on this thing, I, I'd rather you work on something else. Then this is like, bro, like I was a CEO, just let me do my job. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. But that's where trust is super important. Trust is super important in that context, right? So then the question becomes, is somebody like um, Deese able to fit that trust uh, sort of need from a must, from an Elon perspective? All right, we got some folks on. Eric, how you doing, my friend? Can you hear me okay? Uh-oh. Eric, uh, I don't know if you can hear me, but I can't hear you. So maybe we'll have Ronman come in and then we'll pull you back in. All right. Hey, dude. Nice to see you. I haven't seen you in like a Whoa. million years. How's it going, bro? It's going Ronman, well. supporter of the channel. Thank you very much, man. What you got? Yeah. So I don't think, I think Dees could come in as COO, like under Elon, because you want Elon still at the top, even if he's not doing all those responsibilities, delegating some of those responsibilities. Um, you know, I still don't, I still don't have an opinion whether it will happen, but if it does happen, you want him, you want Elon still at the top because it's just like you said, it's like, you can't have, uh, how do you put this? You can't, you can't have him stepping on your toes you, you don't want right. Elon underneath stepping on Deese's toes. So if, if if he's under kind of like, I don't know, I guess you could kind of set it up the same way SpaceX is set up with uh, with Shotwell. But that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the sort of like dynamic that I'm thinking of because you can clearly tell that Shotwell, ha, huh, here's a pun, calls her her own shots. Hey, okay. So right. she calls her own shots. And it's obvious that they have a super good working relationship, but it's you, it's built on trust. Like shop, the reason why she's been at that company for as long as she has is because Elon trusts her and she trusts Elon. And they can right. both do exactly what's needed. And that's why Elon can just immerse himself in the technology. And then Shotwell is just a freaking beast out there making everything else happen, which is so hard, but she knows how to do that. But it's all based on trust. Whatever they call that sort of... Um, you know, organizational like, structure, if yep. it's CEO, COO, whatever, I don't, but it, it has to be that sort of dynamic. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sharing those high level responsibilities and delegating where it's necessary. Uh, it, there is a model for it, so it could happen. Um, but yeah. going back to like the whole concept of it, uh, we, uh, Hans, Mike and I were discussing this, um, just the speculation of what's happened. Um, you know, they said that there's a, uh, it was a mutual, but if, if you take it as a Venn diagram, there's a diagram where there's Herbert wants to leave. There's a circle where 
they want him gone. And then there's that part where it intersects. In all of these situations, if you just break it down as Herbert wanting to leave or uh, VW wanting him gone, like both of those ideas is bad for EVs at Tesla. And the big question is whether um, Bloom, who's coming in, is going to be a more of a stronger proponent for EVs or can execute it better. But it's mm -hmm. hard to imagine them moving from someone who's known to someone who's less known as a CEO, right? Making a stronger transition than uh, Herbert Deese does. So yeah, it's not good news if you're a VW, I mean, if you're an EV proponent and you want to see that across the board. Um, I agree. But VW stock has barely reacted, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think what's also interesting about the uh, investor base of VW is that I think that they they uh, maybe they just want status quo, maximize profits with what you have, and that's why they brought in somebody like Bloom because he like Porsche is a very successful brand. It's a very successful niche brand, and it makes a lot of money. But here's the deal: in a world of mass electrification, unless you have somebody who understands scaling and is right. willing to really invest their time in that, then you are screwed. You are yeah. like. Volkswagen goes from Volkswagen Group to Porsche, right? And that's it, you know. So, and th that's that's awful, <laughs> yeah. awful for for folks that want uh, somebody that's going to drive uh, Volkswagen towards a mass like what they used to be, or what they are now theoretically is this mass electric car maker for the people. Volkswagen people's car, right? Yeah, it yeah. was going to be completely different. But anyway, I'm going to bring other okay. people in, Robin. Cool. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for Appreciate your time. you, brother. Of Take course, care. man. Thank you. All right, next in line, Mike, how you doing, my friend? Good, how you doing, Farzad? Good, sir. How can I help you? Um, well, to, uh, it's the first time I've been able to catch you live. I first came across you on your uh, interview with Zach and Jesse, so I uh, appreciate awesome. what you're doing out here. Love your perspective. Um, Thank you so much. I got, I got a whole host of things I've been gathering up. I, I would have to be like a special guest to get through them all, but I'll try to, try to <laughs> cherry pick a few of them. Um, uh, uh, just on my background, part of that is I've been driving for um, Lyft and Uber um, for a couple of years now, Tesla exclusive. Um, so I have a lot of unique perspective on, you know, Robotech, you know, like the difference between FSD and what Robotech is going to require, that kind of thing, as well as <clears throat> I think a better finger on the pulse of what people really think about Tesla. Um, you know, when you get deep into Tesla, you kind of, or anything, you kind of get, uh, you lose t touch with reality and what people in general are thinking about a subject because you're you're in the weeds like, oh, 4680, you know, is it 263 watt hours per kilogram? Or you know, nobody even knows what the hell you're talking about when you when you say anything like that, right? And the people buying mm -hmm. Teslas now are, are, don't know those types of things, right? So like, I think sometimes we make bigger problems out of things than, than that they actually are. Um, mm. but to go to the, this, uh, current discussion with, with decent VW, I don't know mm. how much you know about, um, VW's history. Um, but like, uh, you know, the history between the PS and Porsche families. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, Porsche almost, uh, took over VW um, not too long ago, uh, they were very close to doing so, uh, as an example of how profitable Porsche is compared to v BMW, yeah. uh, such a small company was almost able, uh, you know, kind of through some backhanded dealings between the PSs and the Porsches, uh, almost by the entire company. Uh, mm. but uh, that didn't end up happening. I, I, I could see <clears throat> Porsche leadership being able to make some changes for VW, but I don't necessarily, uh, to your point and to your last guest point, don't necessarily see that as a great thing for Volkswagen and its electrification, especially if they're trying to make affordable electric vehicles. You know, obviously Porsche yeah. is not a brand known for affordability um, really at any, at, at any scale. I mean, they can sometimes even if you look at a Lamborghini, it looks like it's a good value compared to a Porsche, you know, if you're going to compare the performance numbers, things like that. Sure. So, um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I think 
uh, I just made this comment the other day on, on a forum or where people are reacting to Ford's a couple of the things that Jim Farley has said at Ford lately, you know, letting go of a bunch of people in the legacy auto business. And then also uh, you probably saw his comments about needing to go uh, <clears throat> to like an online direct sales thing and get yeah. rid of dealerships. So, uh, and I was saying that like, Jim Farley and Herbert Deese seem to be the only legacy CEOs that at least publicly act like they realize the peril their companies are in and are actually That's doing right. something about it. And if VW is losing Deese, I, I, I haven't, I, you know, granted, we don't see a lot from people other than the CEO, but I haven't heard even Deese talk about or anyone else say like, oh, you know, I got these people behind me that really want to do this. You know, it seems like mm -hmm. Deese is the only one at VW. Uh, at the corporate, at the management, you know, maybe at the uh, the C level, that yeah. really cares about this. You know, maybe yeah. him and some of the engineers and the EV teams. You know, but it, I think he's probably just sick of, you know, trying to swim upstream. You know, yeah, so. I think I think I'm I, I I think I agree with you too. I think it's it's what was interesting about the the sort of the Venn diagram. Uh, thing that Raman was talking about is like I wonder like he he there has to be some clear um, uh, heading of, uh, of of butting of heads heading of butts butting of heads in that company <laughs> between somebody who's so clearly pro we have to go super hard towards EV and what seems like a culture at at uh, at Volkswagen and the broader I think German culture I spoke to a few German folks uh, who have kind of uh, sort of talked about this is like everything has to be so very structured and process driven and like any sort of fast changes that you make are going to be seen as a sort of like you know like uh, you have to be very careful with those things and then you have a workers union that has a lot of influence as well so you can't you have to be really careful about how you handle a lot of things so it seems like if you're if you're somebody like a herbert who's really pushing towards super fast changes and then you have a volkswagen that's like keep you keep slapping you in the in the hand either publicly or not publicly then obviously you as a person you're going to grow frustrated at some point be like at what point does your threshold say dude just freaking leave like this is too much so but um, no, man, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And I appreciate you uh, finally coming on, man. I, I'm glad we finally made it happen. But appreciate you, Mike. Thank you so much. Appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Take it easy. Bye. All right. Oh, Don, I'm going to bring you next. Uh, I got Ryan first. This thing I just misclicked, but I'll bring you next. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Okay. All right. Go for it, Ryan. Sorry. It's, it's sometimes this interface just likes to change faces on me. How can I help yeah. you? No, that's all right, man. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Uh, Good. Yeah, I'm glad glad I got on here um, and caught this news. Um, I'm a little I'm on the fence though with it. You know, I do see some intriguing uh, aspects to bringing him on board. Um, you know, Volkswagen gets a lot of vehicles out there, uh, so I think that that part um, is intriguing. I think he might be able to help um, help with that aspect. Um, I like the fact that he's kind of humble. Um, although, you know, one one thing is I still feel like. A lot of those legacy uh, manufacturers, they were, he was still a little bit late to, you know, getting, trying to get Volkswagen on board. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, he came around, but uh, yeah, I still feel like it's, they were still way late to the party, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so th those are my, my initial thoughts. I guess I'd be all right with it, but I think overall he would benefit more from Tesla than Tesla would benefit from him. Hmm. You interesting know, so. okay yeah yeah i i could see that i think what's super interesting is the the biggest variable and i sort of touched on it earlier but i think the biggest variable is if there is a relationship where these and musk can be very similar to how shotwell and musk operate together where musk is really able to go in and fully be as close to a hundred percent of use, utilizing his time on the things he wants to do I think that's where that's where Tesla super benefits because Elon's say uh, four hours a day or four hours a week additional can be gigantic. It can have a very sure. outsized impact. And if these can free up even four hours of his time a week, then I think that that's 40 hours for any other CEO. Right. And oh, yeah. basically yeah. have added and, and 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 you know those four hours are gonna be aligned exactly with what Elon wants to do. So it's a very useful, impactful four four hours. Um yeah. so it's all dependent on that relationship. But I could totally see what mm -hmm. you're saying too. It's it's just super dependent, like how do these guys mesh? You sure. Know, how do yeah. they mesh? So yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm on the fence, points, but man. uh yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, we'll Thank see. you, Ryan. Okay. Thanks. Take see it ya. easy, brother. Bye. Yep. All right. Donald, we got you now, my friend. How you doing, sir? Howdy. Boy, this, Hello. I've been, can you hear me? Yeah, yes, yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I got you. So what, day before yesterday, we had that earnings call, right? And it wasn't just mm -hmm. Tesla fans tuning in. It was CNBC and pretty much everyone on the face of the planet, including the CEOs of the legacy and the Lucid and whoever else, you know, and they realized in the middle of it, we're fucked. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> he said to himself, the, at, at that one part, I know exactly <laughs> when it happened. When Elon said, yeah, we have the, you know, uh, since Andre was uh, writing it all himself, you know, it came to a grinding halt. And then he said, our team is about 120 people big. Okay. You think about that. Okay. That's a, probably paying them about $30 million or so on the team a year. Dees and his 5,000, he's paying half a billion dollars to him. And he's going, oh, dude, I'm too old for this shit. Mm. Pardon the lethal weapon thing, you know. So fine. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's saying, dude, this is just too much. They're, they're too far ahead. Uh, Stephen Mark Ryan would say unassailable, you know. Yeah, unassailable. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but he wasn't the only one watching. Um, what's his name? Uh, Farley. He was also watching and he mm. said, Oh God, fucked, dude, mm. you know, and he's tweeted out, Oh, we have to go to the more direct model. He's trying to do a little management, but we're yeah, going to see the right his, things. We're going to see his resignation here pretty soon. And then, okay. you know, who else was watching? Farrell was watching too. Right. Oh, yeah. So, so they're, you know, they're all going, Oh crap. You know, we got yeah. all these union people. They're all corrupt. They aren't working for us. And we're spending half a billion dollars on our software writers that aren't writing anything and all that stuff. Yeah. So Dees yeah. goes off to, instead of trying to get a job with Tesla, he goes off to Hollywood and pitches an idea with Farley saying, yeah, you know, we move into a place. And then, <laughs> and then it's a sitcom and then Mary's looking for a place and she comes yeah. in and the landlord's saying, you know, Hey, you know, that's a woman with you. Brilliant. She pretends she's gay and stuff like that. And then they'll have Mr. Roper as the landlord and all. Sounds like you have a, you have some ideas to pitch there for a screenplay. <laughs> you got it all figured out. No, dude, I, I think I agree. I think there has to be. At, at a certain level, for sure, I agree with you. I think that that these like, how can you not? How can you not hear to that conference call and be like, man, if I only had that, man, like they if I, if only, you know, they, were all they had there. to have been, they had to have been, and for that's, sure. That's for sure. what these made of is, you know, all the other stuff had been building, but when these yeah. heard that the size was 120 people, he yeah, said, I'm sure, I'm sure that thrown for a loop, you know, yeah. I'm too old for unassailable, this unassailable, man. and. So, <laughs> yeah thank you donald so appreciate you coming on as always man <laughs> yeah we do get on it <laughs> herbert and you write the scheme screenplay donald <laughs> okay. all right brother okay. take it easy bye all right we got a very special guest herbert deese is on oh my goodness hi herbert you on vacation uh, good 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 <laughs> Uh, I don't know German. I'm assuming that's good afternoon. I don't know. I was it was good evening, I think. Uh, oh, good evening. Okay. Uh, yeah. What do you think? What do you I, think, I'm Herbert? Doing, uh, uh, so I have a couple of thoughts. One, I read something last night. I don't know the gentleman's name, but there was an executive at Tesla who got in trouble over a glass issue. Some issue related oh, yeah. to glass. Oh, who, yeah, was um, a, who apparently was an oh, important man. executive. And his, role, his role was kind of as a troubleshooter. And so... Yeah. So maybe like this is not maybe this is backwards. So maybe um, maybe Tesla was soliciting Deese to perform multifunctions. And the way I would think is one, he certainly could perform a troubleshooting role at, at, at his level. Two, certainly for Berlin that he's a native German that could speak German and knows the culture. For 
building out the Berlin factory and expanding it, he would seem to be like ideal. And three, from a Wall Street perspective, one of the, you know, one of the chief negatives about Tesla is there's no successor. So even if he's not a real successor, successor, he can certainly play that role um, for now. And for Wall Street purposes, if unfortunately, if Elon got hit by a bus, they would know there would be somebody who had executive level experience in the car business mm. and could step in. So I see it, even if he's just playing those roles, a troubleshooter as a, a body as a, for you know corporate purposes, and he certainly can, can knows the German culture. I think those are all positive. Mm. That, those are those are some excellent points. I think the the Wall Street angle is one that I haven't thought about before, but it makes a lot of sense because we've seen time and time again certain verbiage and certain tone on these calls are are, are have an outsized impact on how uh, investors perceive at least at least you know fund managers and all these people how they perceive the company's performance versus what's actually happening and having somebody as seasoned uh, as a dece and somebody that would clearly be like like you said within the context of a quote unquote successor to the company would add another layer of security from an investor's perspective that says well it looks like tesla is getting more i, I can more digested as a company that i'm that i'm more comfortable with versus the other companies that that I usually invest in. So I think those are some super interesting points. I, I keep going back, like I, I agree with you on all those points. I, I keep going back to the thing that it's like, if if he's able to come in and have a, a smooth enough transition in whatever role to be able to free up Elon's time, ultimately that is the, the, big, the big winner. Because Elon has over and over said how much he hates certain parts of that job. And if somebody can come in and help him move that office plate and somebody and like a Herbert can take those on and execute those, then that's a win-win for everybody. Now, the only crucial point there is, is Herbert somebody or is D somebody that would do that, right? Is, is, is that somebody that would do that coming in? So probably for the right, yeah. right price, I would assume he would. Yeah. You know, if you pay somebody, you know, if I'm sure it, money, obviously the money's available. So if they really wanted yeah. to get somebody, they could. I was going to say that fourth factor, and I don't know, this is just pure speculation. Um, maybe also since tw the Twitter trial is going to be in the short term, and Elon probably is going to be involved, I would guess. He's going to be heavily involved in preparation for the trial, and he's obviously going to be a, a significant witness in the trial. Uh, just mm. kind of knowing his personality, he's not going to be one who's going to take a standoffish position. So it's probably going to eat up a bunch of his time. So maybe in the short term, it's more important that he has somebody that's a reliable person that he could kind of defer to, kind of handle the day-to-day -day bullshit tasks while he's mm. focusing on Twitter. And then the other you know parts that we mentioned before, maybe those go, go in also. I, you know, that's pure speculation. I don't know, but right. just something that occurred to me. No, that's, that's a great thought. That's a great thought. Thank you, Take Herbert care. Dees, for coming on after uh, you know announcing you're leaving. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Take it easy, brother. Take bye -bye. care. Bye. Bye. All right. Um, Trucker's Hammock, do you have a video camera by any chance? No, I don't. I'm sorry. But uh, okay. I have a unique perspective. I, I'm the trucker in Detroit. And... I invested in Tesla long before I was even in one. I mm -hmm. saw how much uh, supply chain they had established in this area. And I knew that was the key to being successful because there's lots of prototypes out there. I mean, Rivian has a great truck, but they're never going to get the scale at the rate they're going. Mm -hmm. They never mm -hmm. will. And to make things uh, profitable and to do things, you have to get to scale as quickly as possible. And, mm. and Dietz, I know... Like in this country, they call GM government motors. Well, in Germany, mm. the auto companies are more government motors than GM even. It's true. They're the whole country, basically. They're the whole That's true. economic engine that runs that place. That's why I didn't think Elon could get a Tesla factory in there, because they are very protective of their turf over there. Very protective. Mm. And to have the German yeah. auto industry in a state of collapse would be um, a disaster, in my opinion. Yeah. 
For sure, I agree with you. Uh, my uh, AirPods just died because I didn't think that they would be alive. Just give me one second and I want to make sure that uh, I can get back here. If you just give me a hot second. Can you say something real quick, Chuckers? Sure. Let's see if I can hear you. Can you hear okay. me now? I think so. Can you hear uh, me? Yeah, I think so. We're good. Okay, we're back. Sorry about okay. that. Um, yeah, I, I keep going. I, I didn't want me, me to cut you off. Yeah, I'm the trucker's hammock. I came up with a hammock for my truck while I was waiting on uh, Tesla's all that time. Oh, I see. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. And I was in the air freight business, which is amazing. They shipped um, stock, uh, the the parts by air, tons of them by air Mm. for years, which was incredible. I had never seen anybody do that before. And also they shipped a lot of uh, the structure to make for the assembly of the car. Like not just parts for the car, but parts to assemble the car with, which I had never seen before. Mm. It's very expensive. And I thought this guy is really, it was like they would launch so many trucks. A lot of them would drive to California and I would take them to the airport. And I said, this guy's, it's like, there's a war going on here. Like (laughs) he has launched a war against the legacy auto and they don't even know it right under their nose. Right where they're at, you know, tw- a mile from where their headquarters is. It's and crazy, he, man. Yeah, you know, you know, we used to, the legacy. We used to bring in stuff from overseas for the legacy, and for Tesla, right. we ship stuff from Detroit to California. <laughs> you know, so it was amazing. A opposite situation. So um, yeah, yeah, no, amazing I, insight, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. thank you for coming on and sharing that. I appreciate you. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Take it easy, Great show. Bye. Love it. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right. We got Jeff. Jeff, can you hear me, sir? Yes, I can. All right. Go for it. What you got? Yeah, I, I just heard the news. I was I was I was actually pretty shocked because uh, you know, Herbert Deeks, I, I think Sorry, Jeff. Your your microphone's really, really, really soft and staticky. Is there is there anything you can do to to fix that by any chance? Is that better? Much better, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to sit my face here a little bit. But uh, I think uh, of, of all the CEOs, I think uh, Herbert Keith, uh understands electric uh, vehicles more than any other uh, CEO other than... Sorry, Jeff. I think you're going to have to get right on the mic. You're going to have to get right on the mic. Yeah. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, he would just be ideal for uh, Tesla to hire for Germany's uh, operations. And I think with his leadership, you could actually add another European factory pretty quickly, you know, yeah. because someone on the ground who would be, you know, uh, working full time on the. On yeah. The, uh, sorry, the- Jeff, your microphone's not good. I'm so sorry. I'm having a tough time hearing you. But I think what you're saying is that is that the um, Dees is going to be great addition for Tesla Europe, essentially, to do like additional uh, factories in Europe as well. Right. Is that the gist of it? Totally. I'll let okay, you go. Got it. Uh, thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Sorry, your mic's not working great, man. <laughs> but I appreciate you coming on. Take it easy, brother. Bye. All right. Matt, how you doing, my friend? You're on. I can't hear you. You're. I think you're muted. You might be muted. All right. I'm going to put you on backstage. I'm going to bring on the next one, and then I'll bring you back in, okay? All right. Tom, uh, how, do you, how do I pronounce your name? Tomasz. Tomasz, how you doing, my friend? Good. I'm from Poland. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, really cool to talk with you. I yeah, watch your YouTube channel, and thank you for everything you are doing. So oh, thank you. I was just uh, thinking, where could Herbert go next? What could be the next step? I mean, I don't see him going to another company than Tesla. Just doesn't make sense. It seems to me like, I mean, the fact that he brought Elon to internal meeting uh, a few months ago, to me, just shows that uh, he's thinking the same way as everybody else in Tesla. And where else could he go? Uh, I think he just got burned out working from with other people who were holding him back in Volkswagen. Um, you know, yeah, I think that's a very interesting point. I think the fact that he, um, 
I think like let's let's thrift through that, right? So what other company would allow Herbert to have anywhere near the freedom than Tesla would? And what like every other company, he's gonna have the same exact challenges than Volkswagen. If that is that if that is why he left, it's because of his frustration, which is probably correct, if I were to guess. You know, 50-50 chance, yeah. let's call it. Um I think that's an excellent point. I mean, maybe a Rivian might be good. Like all these like new automakers like Lucid from scratch could benefit from somebody like Herbert. But then the, the question becomes, can they afford him? <laughs> can yes. they actually afford yes. to bring him on? And is Herbert going to look and be like, well, you're not too mass. Like what, what does he want to do? Does he want to take company from 2 million cars a year to 20? Or does it want to take them from zero to a million? Like where is he within that sort of time frame? So um, but I think you make an excellent point. The fact that he's already partnered with Elon, it's, it should be an indication that says that, hey, like, hire me. <laughs> yeah. I want to work for you, you know? So yeah, that's yeah, an excellent yeah. point. And yeah, I, an I also point. think that he could bring good understanding of the European market. So yeah. as a European, I sometimes feel like um, Tesla is a car for sunny California. <laughs> Not for <laughs> Europe, and sure. I, uh, I'm sure you know Bjorn Niland from Norway. I do. Yeah, yeah. So I sometimes watch his videos, and he often complains about um, some things Tesla doesn't have for European weather. Um, so this is actually something I experienced myself uh, driving uh, my Model Three uh, during winter. That, uh, mm. for example. Some other brands have uh, sprayers on the backup camera or sprayers on the headlights. And like, for example, during winter, uh, cleaning the backup camera was something I had to do very often, like daily, mm -hmm. because it would just get very dirty. I don't know if it's the same problem in North of America, like Canada, but... Yeah, would have the same uh, problem. The, there yeah. are things that European customers want, and maybe Herbert could bring this kind of understanding. Like overall, I'm a huge Tesla and Elon fan for a long time, but I actually think he, uh, Herbert replacing Elon could be good for Tesla and it could free up Elon's time to focus on engineering. I think this is what he wants yeah. to do. Yeah, I think I think whatever like they decide the 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 titles are. If, say Elon retains his uh, his uh, top investor stake where he has the most stock, and then Herbert can do the daily like day to day operational email HR legal blah 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 that a CEO usually does, and then Elon gets to go play and build things. Mwah, perfect situation, yep. you know. And so the, I agree with you there, hundred percent. And I yeah. I also believe in Elon's judgment. I think the only chance this will happen is if Elon beliefs that this would be good for Tesla. I agree. So I no agree. matter what, I think it would something the, the best decision for Tesla will be made. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's a great point. Awesome. Thank you, Tomas. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank Appreciate you for you. having me. Bye. Of course. Take it easy, brother. All right, Matt, do we got do we got you now? All right, Tess? Yes, sir, we do. Oh, yes, sir. Okay, cool. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for waiting. Um, I just have a, a quick uh, piece on um, on Blume, which so I'm German. Uh, I'm reading German newspapers and all that. So maybe I can share my Ooh. perspective from from Please. our point of view here. And it's a quite interesting story because yesterday night um, they broke a story on our like national TV channels, um, and they kind of uh, they found out that um, CEO Blume from Porsche that he had like a a direct contact to one of our government bodies. So there's three parties in our government bodies. And the smallest one is the uh, very liberal one. And this liberal party is um, also in charge of our um, minister, how it's called, like uh, our how, how mobility um, government. Mm. So he's in like charge transportation. of transportation, exactly. So everything got blocked from, well, so when they formed this body of these three parties, um, most of the more, let's say, um, progressive um, government decisions were blocked by this party. So um, something like a speeding uh, limit was blocked as well. So they took it out of the contract of the government body. And that's why they also included to the surprise of many e-fuels. So a lot of people were confused why this is in. We know it's not very efficient. We know it's a bit of a like time down the road. And... 
actually, we now found out um, in this news channel that um, this was in direct contact from CEO Blume to this uh, leading person of uh, this government, um, which is actually quite interesting. Was a blew up here locally, and people are saying, "Hey, you know, this is the maximum lobbyism you can do right now, and it's not really promoting a new way of mobility. Everybody's moving into e-mobility, and now this person is pushing for e-fuels." Um, so now this news broke that uh, CEOs is, uh, I don't know, resigning or is taking a, is ta taking a step back, and CEO Bloom is re re uh, replacing him. So I think it's quite interesting, and I think maybe it's also sharing a bit of a background of Blume. It's a guy who pushes for e-fuels to be in our government structure, in our government contract, to be really a focus on for the next period. So define for me specifically what what's an e-fuel in this context. I know, I'm not sure. So in, in our government contract, so when they form the government contract, um, they have like a government paper they sign up because it's three parties. They need to have a certain things they need to agree on. And they agreed on, hey, we want to um, push for, I don't know, um, more um, e-charging stations. We want to push for um, or we want to not have a speeding limit or German autobahn. Um, and they pushed for, we want to focus our uh, technology uh, developments for e-fuels. So however they want to develop those, um, mm. doesn't, it's not, I'm, I'm sure it's particularly detailed in there, but it's just saying like, hey, we want to focus on, on that. And Got it. So we have a comment here. E-fuels are alternative fuels that are supposed to be carbon neutral. I think it's, it's how it's, it's defined. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and, and in Germany, I think we have like 50% of sustainable um, energy at hand. So all of these e-foods need to be, or they are just clean once 100% of, uh, of their, those are produced by 100% of clean energy. And mm. which makes it, I don't know, I think it's like a third as efficient as just using the electricity right away. Um, yeah. Interesting. Whoa. Okay. That's that's very so, interesting. Thank you so yeah. much for adding that. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, just just I think it's a tidbit for for Blume and how I, I think he, how much he is involved in our German government body. Mm. I think it's a bad move for VW, or at least it it kind of foreshadows the way they want to put now. And it's also in stark contrast to what um, CEO Dies uh, was doing. Right, he was focusing very much on the forefront of getting VW into the electricity electric mobility, and now this guy is known for the complete opposite right so oh, shit. might be interesting to see um i guess for tesla it's good news in the sense of the competition will be slacking a bit um yeah. but i think for all of us and also for the people who like the id brand um it's gonna be i guess a hit but let's see well no that's super uh insightful uh thank you so much for sharing that because i think getting the local happenings gives so much context as to a headline that we just see, Dees is leaving. And I'm like, okay, a million yeah. things could have happened, but then you, you've undercovered this thing where Bloom, who's the new, who's gonna become the new CEO of, of Volkswagen, is already working very closely with the government to uh, put in legislation or you know work directly with regulators to promote heavily these e-fuels or whatever else and other things that are uh, less efficient and basically a competitor to electric vehicles. And if that's his intention to get Volkswagen to a place where it's going to do multiple technologies instead of electrification, then you have a situation where you have all this complexity in a company in, in favor for for the sake of, I don't know, appeasing regulators or I don't know what kind of deals are going on versus just focusing on the ultimate solution, which is electrification and just going yeah. hardcore in that, which is what Dies was doing apparently, so. There's this, there's this thing in Germany we call technology offenheit and it means like uh, we want to be open for technologies and it's become kind of a buzzword down here. Everybody's saying like, oh no, we don't want to focus just on electric vehicles because we want to have like a broadband of, of offers for our customers. Um, BMW is really pushing for that to getting, you know, um, gas powered cars, uh, hybrid cars, electric cars, uh, e-fuel cars, like everything you can think of, they want to offer everything. And it's really, mm. I think also in the way, you know, you need a lot of research money to even, you know, develop these things. And um, I guess for, for, for Blume, um, I bet he wished for different news that popped before uh, this announcement because everybody was talking about this, like how can 
you know, a person from the industry be in like on a, you know, like a texting basis during these uh, um, discussions of forming our government contract and really putting in like, so they said like, hey, they got text back, like, um, you know, Bloomer, uh, E-Fuels made it into the contract, uh, you're welcome, something like that. Right. So, mm. um, yeah, it's a local wow. perspective. I, I wanted to share, you know, guys in, in the U.S. probably are a bit further away from that, but that's what we, we discussed. I had Germany. no idea that was even going on. And we, I don't think we would have ever found that out unless you came on. So thank you for breaking the news for us, man. All the way from <laughs> Germany. <welcome. laughs> I, I, might, you, I might, join, might try to join more often and get some German perspective for you guys. But that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, that would be very, very appreciative. Yeah. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you so much for coming Bye. on. See Appreciate you. your brother. Bye. Awesome. All right. We're, uh, wow. So much great discussion around this thing. Let's look at our poll. Where did our poll end? End poll. Will uh, Herbert Deese join Tesla? 57% said yes. 56%, excuse me. 772 votes. Thank you all so much for uh, for participating in, in that poll. 56% say yes. 43% say no. And we've had some really good discussion in the comment section. I've been monitoring as we've gone through as far as what uh, sort of um, thoughts everybody has. As, as it pertains to this. I think for me, as I've talked to everybody so far, I think maybe the way I'm thinking about it now is that it's it's it sounds like Volkswagen is going down the wrong path to me. I think, uh, especially with the tidbit that Matt shared around uh, Bloom, who's the replacement for Deese, uh, how close he's been tied to the government, which is not inherently a bad thing, but they're pushing a certain agenda that's uh, almost a competitor to electrification. Why would you add so much complexity to your company when you already know, well, let's just say we already know, electrification is the obvious, like uh, batteries, drivetrain is the answer. Why would you do that? Okay, so that's, that's weird. I think these moving to... Tesla, uh, most of you agree, so 56%, small margin, call it. Uh, but I think within the context of freeing up Elon's time, it seems like there's consensus that if that relationship works, freeing up Elon's time appears to be a really, really good idea. Uh, and why wouldn't it be? You've given the guy more hours to work on the things he wants to work on. He's going to be pissed off less often, and he's going to be working on things that he wants to work on all the time. Win-win situation, right? So now the question becomes, what exactly is going to happen? <laughs> Where are we going here? Where are we going to go? So it's going to be fascinating to watch. Definitely something I'm going to be keeping my eyes uh, on for sure. I think it's it's it has so many implications to the broader market, to the broader um, industry, rather, uh, of electrification. And if D says, let's put it this way, for every day that D is not working at a, at a car manufacturer, let's say he leaves September and then he doesn't go anywhere. I think that is a net negative to the car industry to move towards electrification because he's one of the few guys that was actually driving us towards that. And so my hope is, my hope is, is that he re-enters the industry in whatever sort of capacity to continue driving that forward. And then the question becomes, what is everyone else going to do now that Deese is not there? So the, what does the, the question was brought up, I think, by by Donald. Farley is looking at this and he made a decision to leave. Uh, Deese made a decision to be Volkswagen for whatever reasons he had. What is what are Deese's? Uh, what is he thinking now? You know, it's clear that those two guys in the legacy auto market, forget Mary Barr. I'm pissed with her lately because of what she's doing with the Blazer. Check out one of my uh, videos to see that. But it's clear that Deese and uh, and Farley are talking about the right things to do. And Deese has been doing the right things. And um, our friend Farley and Ford is starting to do the right things. So if one of them leaves, you're down 50% from a legacy perspective of the, of the people that are doing the right thing for the industry. So fascinating to watch. Fascinating to watch. And if you've liked what you've seen so far, I would super appreciate hitting the like button for me. It really helps uh, driving uh, more visibility to this channel so that more people can take part of these discussions. I'm really enjoying these open formats. And I, and I, yeah, I think, I think a lot of things get uncovered as more voices come in. 
And it's just for, so you guys know, these I don't screen anybody. They just come on. I look at the <laughs> monitor to see if there's anything shady going on to make sure I don't show you guys something you're not supposed to see. I don't want to put any ideas in anybody's brain. But um, I think I think it's the Tesla community is filled with so many uh, unique perspectives and so many brilliant minds and smart people that my goal with this platform is to give as many of us an ability to share ideas so we can really deep dive them and really understand and try to get to a situation so we can understand what the potential outcomes are so that we can be better prepared for, I don't know, opportunities from an investment perspective or maybe trying to really figure out what's going to happen here or, or you know, just thinking about it and, and just having fun with it. I think that's also super important for, for this context. But Thank you all so much for joining the stream. We'll call it right there. Almost a thousand people were live today with us concurrently. We were at 996. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, we'll be back on here shortly uh, once uh, our next stream is up, probably on Monday, but maybe on the weekend. Who knows? But I just want to thank you all so much for coming on. For those that are joining us after this is live in the recording, thank you all for viewing this video. Uh, and I love you guys. I really do. Thank you very much. Peace out. Take it easy, y'all.